podcast from InfoEdge. Today's episode is about customer portals and building customer community. I'm Daniel, and I'm a consultant at InfoEdge, and I will be one of your co-hosts. Hi, my name is Carolina, and I'm your co-host as well. I'm a director here at InfoEdge, and today our guest is Serena Riley. Serena is a director of customer experience at SkySpecs. Uh, Serena, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. We're really lucky to, to have you here. If we can start with, you know, you sharing a bit of your, about your background, how did you actually end up in this space uh, of CX? Absolutely. Yeah. So, heck, many years ago now, when I first started out, uh, out, out of high school, my first job was in an IT help desk support position, um, was going to school for software applications and programming. So very much uh, a tech nerd, if you will, and developing kind of that that programming and, and helping internal customers um, when they were having issues, solving those, troubleshooting those with them. And that really has grown into just what has led me through customer service and support and uh, serving those that I work with, both on the internal side and the customers on the external side. So it's an IT background startup that is uh, traversed into this customer experience um, forefront, which is just exciting for me because it brings everything together for me, all, all of those employee experiences that affect that customer experience that you're delivering to your customers on a daily basis. So uh, it's it's been, you know, about 18 years of, of going through some different roles from marketing to IT to uh, just customer service in general, and then starting to hone in and specialize more on the customer operations and, and then finding this, this role of, of customer experience and understanding how that can pull all of these different areas together and make this one cohesive and holistic offering for, for, the, for the organization as a whole, as well as the customers it serves. So we like to do a little pre-research. We did our due diligence and we, um, we understand that you've done some work in the area of consumer portals. Um, so what is a consumer portal and why would... Why do you think companies would need this? And yeah, so I think that you know, with the digital age that we're in now, and with folks, especially through this COVID area, not going physically into stores and 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 uh, businesses as often, making sure that you have an online presence that allows uh, your customers to self-service and self-inform and self-help is something extremely important, not only from their experience standpoint, but it also should uh, improve the employee experience on the back end as well. Um, so the, the customer portals that, that we're talking about today is coming out of this idea of how can we give our customers access to the resources they need when they need them, where they need them. Um, and that's what we were building upon was not only trying to find a single repository of information for them, but also allowing them to connect more with their peers in the space um, and and be able to learn and collaborate with them as well. Building that community engagement uh, through the the customer portals. 
So I understand the need for consumer portals right now and no COVID era, but pre-COVID era, I think consumer portals were already important and some organizations were more ahead than, than others in creating them. I was wondering, how did you convince your leadership that something like consumer portal is important and something like customer experience and taking care of this customer experience as well as employee experience that you mentioned is important. Like what, what were your strategic talking points to the leadership? How did you get their buy-in? Yeah. So for us, uh, we didn't have a customer experience team at all. So when we were looking into standing this up, one of the first projects that we did uh, as most CX professionals will do as well is creating that customer journey map, looking at your organization's interactions and touch points with your uh, customers holistically and designing that from the pre-sales to post-sales to advocacy and truly understanding what that uh, map and that journey looks like for your customers. So as we had built that out, we used that as our tool to share with and show the value that it can bring by having that type of focus within the organization um, and that was, you know, that map was one of the, the 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 ways in which we were able to show what a customer experience team could do. Also from that map, though, we were able to identify some of those first areas that we wanted to um, improve. And that was uh, what this customer portal project or initiative um, came from. We had noticed right off this uh, right out of the gate that we were asking our customers to go to approximately 13 different URLs to get access to their software, to the resources to install or license them, um, to get their product help, to get their, their training. And, and all of those different resources were in different places. And knowing that, you know, that first impression you have with a, a customer is super important. We wanted to find a way that we could make that first impression much more easier and seamless to the customer. Um, and that was where this customer portal idea came from, was, was taking and, and combining all of those separate uh, sites into one as much as we could. Very cool. So it was all about visually representing the pains of potential customer to the leadership. And, and just this was able to, with this, you were able to say like, hey, we really need it. It will be an investment, but we really need it. Yeah, absolutely. So what were the biggest challenges when designing this customer portal? And what did you guys do to overcome them? So I will say that, you know, getting that buy-in, that organizational buy-in um, is, is super important to ensuring not only that that they understand the problem that you're trying to solve for, but also the pain that it's causing our customers. So in doing that, we wanted to make sure that we were using a couple of the best practices in the, the CX uh, disciplines. One of those was having a, a design workshop where we pulled in some key leaders or, or personnel from different teams across the organization and had them kind of sit with us through and talk about what we wanted this experience to look and feel um, like for our customers. In doing so, we also created what I'm calling immersion experiences, um, which we had you know, volunteers within the organization sit through a 60-minute session where we kind of took them hands-on 
through that first phase of our customer journey, which was all about discovering there's these many different websites to go to and letting them feel the pain themselves, which just really creates the bigger, you know, that that empathy for the customers. It also helped us to find who our champions would be within the organization when we started to work on this project as well as just bringing to light why this is a project that we're working on it. So the journey map was helpful in visualizing what the pain points were. The immersion experience was helpful in actually bringing that pain to life a little bit more. So we did some different techniques and different uh, workshops to help bring that out and, and really show why this was something that we were working on. And I think that also in turn creates just better, um, realization or thought to those those folks when they go back to their day jobs as to things to think about what they're creating is sometimes being done in a vacuum but it has a bigger impact uh once it's released into the wild i love the idea of you know allowing some some of the team members feel the pain of a customer it's so important uh sometimes it might be more uh powerful than just, you know, some uh, voice of a customer reading report of a voice of a customer report, right? So, um, yes, absolutely. That was, I, I think it was a great, great thing that you guys uh, did during the design phase. So when we move on later to the implementation, right? So design and changing all the 13 year olds is one thing, but then um, I bet implementing uh, it, it's not easy on so many levels, right? From technical, from technical to to uh, people to processes. So, if you can talk about uh, some of the challenges you might have faced during implementation phase, that would be great as well. Yeah. So, I think as as most folks know, when you're managing a project, you always have to kind of keep an eye on that scope creep, and this was not unique to that that same challenge. Um, you know, we had through those design workshops, we had kind of determined what our MVP should be our minimum viable product. And it's easy once you start laying out those, those requirements and getting into actually developing what this end result is going to look like to want to add little things here and there that can certainly add up to more costs, more time, more resources. Um, so that was one of the challenges was just, uh, ensuring that that didn't happen and that we could release something, uh, one of one of our values was better beats perfect. And the idea behind that is you can spend all the time in the world trying to perfect something, in which case it may never see the world. So trying to get something to the best um, starting point as possible to release that to your customers and start getting feedback and be able to iterate on that in a more agile way was something that we definitely wanted to 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 make sure that we were keeping a, a focus on. I'd say the other component to that was um, we wanted to make sure that we had our customers feedback throughout the implementation process too. So those things that we chose to uh, include within that version one, we wanted to make sure that before we released that we had a, a we ran a pilot program with some of our customers to really ensure that what we were going to deliver to them was valuable. And I think that's a key piece. It can be certainly um, challenging to pull that type of program together, but I think that the outcomes from it far outweigh any of those challenges that it might be um, 
I will say from an internal perspective, it was uh, maybe a little bit more challenging for other folks on the development side of things to understand why that was so important to us and, and running and making sure that we had that pilot program. We had that initial customer feedback before we pushed it out live to the rest of the customers. Um, but I think it just ensured that that first version had real key components to it that would bring that value that they were missing to begin with. So those are a couple of the different challenges, I think, for implementation. And I think just generally speaking, you know, the, the timing and the resourcing, I think as much as you uh, think that you're good at estimating what all of that will take, it never fails. You you always, it, it's slower than what you expect. And uh, it it ends up taking a little bit longer than, than hoped. Um, and then the last thing that I would make sure to think about when you're producing an initiative like this is to treat it like a product itself. So, you know, you have the products that you're selling from, from your organization standpoint, but this customer portal ends up being its own product. And in doing so and in thinking of it in that way, you really truly have to understand there's going to, there, we're going to need the support after this is launched we're going to need a roadmap after this is launched. We're going to need, you know, a strategy on how to increase the engagement of it or how to um, look at the different uh, outcomes or how that relates back to the business uh, metrics and things of that nature too. So releasing it and and, uh, launching it is only step one. Um, there are plenty more things that come after that. And I think that was something that we realized as we were going through the process, but we didn't necessarily have that as part of our initial, um, I think, plan when we entered into that. So the resources it was going to take from the post-launch phase was more than what we had, I think, ensured we would have people to, to support it. Wow. Yeah. All those, all those points are very valid. And I, you know, timelines are timelines and roadmap. They're meant to be changed, right? That's, yes. that's why they're there. <laughs> yes. You never start with the same one. Uh, you never end with the same one you start with. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. You look at the last timeline of pro you're wrapping up. You know, what, what abomination did I make? <laughs> so what outcomes are you expecting to achieve from um, the customer portal you know what's what's the goal for um your interaction with the customers yeah so i think one of the the measurements that we want to look at from this is engagement from our customers so we know from a customer experience standpoint one of the areas that we want to continuously help um ensure we're we're building upon is you know the the health of the customers the engagement the um the adoption and seeing and being able to track the activity that's happening within the community portal allows us to make sure that our customers are active with us. Um, you, you're not going to hear and talk to the customers on a daily basis, but if you have this type of resource available to them, they will hopefully um, use it to help uh, increase their maturity with your organization and the adoption of their products and services with your organization as well. So I think that was definitely one of those things. I think also the um, ticket deflection, support ticket deflection, and making sure that, again, if we're making this resource that's much easier and more um, able to allow you to self-service on the things that you need, 
we're expecting that the the number of support tickets will also go down as well. So those are a couple um, just off the, uh, you know, immediate outcomes that we were tracking to see what type of impact that would make on the organization as a whole. Absolutely. Were you also thinking anything about uh, the employee experience? Because you mentioned before, any anything? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, part of that employee experience is definitely the ticket deflection piece. So ensuring that our, our support team isn't going to be um, handling as many uh, tickets as possible. The other piece that it was definitely going to improve was the setup of the, the initial user setup that would have happened at the beginning of the the, uh, post-sales part of the journey where our operations team would have to enable our customers with these different website accesses. Now that eliminates many of those and brings it down to as few as possible, which alleviates a lot of the work on their end as well and also gets the customers up and running quicker. Yeah, and a lot of uh, mundane and repetitive work, right? So that's, yes, that's definitely a value <laughs> add to the employee. Um, so did you do actually everything in-house or did you use any outside partners? Yeah, so we uh, partnered with an internal team. Uh, this group is called Business Applications. And that team uh, is... Uh, helpful in the aspect of, of of finding the tools and the the platforms, if you will, that will allow us to deliver some of these experiences. So we worked with them as far as this is what we want this MVP product to be. Worked with them on the system requirements and um, the different uh, design components that we wanted to it. They identified that platform that we would use, and then. Because of the resources and because of you know the the attention to wanting to get this um, built and it hadn't been something that we had done before, we also uh, contracted with a third party consulting agency to do a lot of the development work themselves. Um, but the project management and, and those internal uh, testing components and setting up the pilot program and those different things were all still managed by us. Gotcha. So quite a big, big crew. Um, more or less, how much time did it take you to get from like the idea to MVP? Um, just out of curiosity. Yeah, I think we were hoping it would take six months, but I think uh, it ended up taking about nine months. Um, there was uh, a couple of, mm-hmm. you know, as you get into these types of projects, you discover there's a a few other dependencies that maybe you Mm -hmm. weren't expecting uh, to have to work through as well. So it ended up being about a nine-month project um, from start of development to launch of the product. Um, But all in all, like I said, I, I still think there could have been things that we sped up along the way, but I really think that we were really paying attention to the details and ensuring that what we were creating was going to be a good experience and not just trying to launch a thing to launch a thing, yeah. really having the purpose behind it. Absolutely. Right. Cause it's, it's not about, you know, put out something and let's see what it, where it works. Let's, let's put some thought into it. Um, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Great. Yeah, that yeah. intentional design. Yes. Intentional design. Absolutely. Looking forward, how do you see the um, the customer portal experience changing in the next five to five to ten years? I don't know, it's a big window, but I, you know, I think it takes about that long <laughs> for things to uh, kind of get rolling. You know? Yeah, it does. Um, 
I think, as I mentioned, it's it's going to be one of those evolving products. It's it's not something that you can just throw out there and be done with. It's it's going to need constant iterations, constant feature and functionality improvements. But I think uh, you know more. If I'm thinking about how even that will transform, I can really see this becoming something that is not a standalone product anymore, but something that you're really trying to integrate within your other products and services. So if you've got a SaaS product, sending someone out to the community portal may not be the best uh, or customer portal may not be the best solution being able to pull in to your product some of those features and functionality from the customer portal and making it more of a seamless integration and seamless experience, I can see that being a way in which we start developing these in the future. You know, you have that platform, for instance, we one of the, the pieces to the platform that we launched with that was customer forums and allowing customers to connect with each other on a one-to-one basis or one-to-many basis and really form some stronger relationships, talk about how they're solving problems, you know, collaborate on that, get best practices. And that's, you know, that's its own standalone module within the portal. But what I could see that turning into in the future, excuse me, is being more tightly integrated into the product itself. So you could potentially, you know, have a chat window maybe within your product that is allowing you to chat with other folks that have done something similar to what you're trying to accomplish in the product. I think we're going to start seeing more of those types of integrations uh, here in the future so that all of these great resources truly are at the customer's fingertips wherever they are and wherever they need them. Very true. Very true. Um, So we always like to end with this question around um, what was the biggest failure that you've observed, witnessed in in the CX space? And what do you feel like are the lessons learned from those failures? Yeah. So if I can pull it, uh, I'm not going to use a specific example to this project, but something that I've uh, had experienced Actually, I think it was about three or four months ago. Was yeah, it can be anything. So um, anything that boring. works. <laughs> Perfect. So uh, I had been on the lookout for some new office furniture because all of us are working remote now, and our offices are now our sanctuary. And uh, feeling productive in them for me means having some uh, some furniture pieces in here to help me stay organized more. And so I had ordered this these furniture pieces from this global uh company and we had them delivered get the the boxes all unpacked and realize we're missing one of those pieces of furniture so i go to the website first because that's you know i think the normal thing nowadays is not to pick up a phone but to go to their their actual website look up my order, see how I can leave a comment or uh, submit a a problem with that order, go to that form and find out that form is only used for specific types of inquiries. They leave a phone number. uh, So I pick up the phone and call that phone number. Well, due to the overwhelming number of orders that they've had and uh, not having enough resources to actually take phone calls, they leave a, a note on the uh, automated messaging system that we're unable to take your phone call at this time. And there is no other option 
of how to get in touch with them at all, other than physically going into a store, which happens to be two hours away from me. So oh <laughs> from a, from an epic failure, that mm-hmm. feels like not giving your customers any other options, but to physically walk in and see you and not having any other stores closer than two hours away. There, there's a there's a customer experience improvement that could be had there for sure. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Especially um, when we're talking about physical, physically going somewhere during pandemic. Yes, absolutely. So I think you know the same things that I'm thinking about uh, that we were thinking about from designing this digital uh, resource. This company was certainly needing to do something very similar and and helping to figure out how. I know resources are super tight and and it's difficult when you have uh, physical products to ship uh, globally. Uh, but I think that was definitely an area that they could have improved, finding some way to uh, be able to intake those customer issues and then you know push them out to the to the groups or teams or or store locations that would have been able to physically call you back and, and understand what the trouble was. Yep, makes sense. Uh, hopefully they will learn. Hopefully they will hear and learn from this. So, <laughs> um, so yes. uh, it's actually time to wrap up. So if our listeners would like to learn more about you and the work you're doing, what's the best way? Yeah, so I am an active uh, social media enthusiast. So you can always find me on LinkedIn, uh, just linkedin.com slash Serena Riley. And you'll be able to to look up my profile there. Would be happy to connect with anyone in the space that wants to to learn more about this particular project or just collaborate on different thoughts on the customer experience profession as a whole. Absolutely. Should we also um, drive our listeners to the book you co-authored? Do you want to talk about that? Yes. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Um, the One of the things that I mentioned uh during this this conversation was about immersion experiences. Mm-hmm. And I'm super happy and super thrilled that I was able to collaborate with 27 other um, CX professionals globally. And we are uh, just launched this new customer experience three book. Um, so it's uh, book number three in a series. And it is full of practical how-to guides on, on different you know, techniques or methodologies or things within the customer experience realm. And one, the chapter that I wrote happens to be about how to do these immersion experiences so you can really bring your customer insights to life and, and build that empathy within your organization that leads to positive change. I'm definitely going to download my, um, my copy of, of uh, Customer Experience Free Book. Um, Serena, thank you. Yes, perfect. Thank, <laughs> thank you. you so much for coming on the show. It's been It's been delightful to talk to you. Yes, it's been a, a, an absolute honor. And I, I hope that at least one one piece of this was helpful to a listener out there. Uh, I think that the more we can share and collaborate on ideas, the things that have worked well, and as you put it, things that you fall flat mm-hmm. on your face for uh, is only going to increase uh, those experiences that we ultimately deliver to our customers. Absolutely. Yep, bruises are a sign of learning. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to The Loyalty Map, a podcast from InfoEdge. If you like what you hear, please make sure to subscribe. See you next time.